Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service. Would you find in your copy of God's Word, John chapter 15? John chapter 15, please, in the New Testament. And as you're finding that, I want you to imagine a scenario with me. So imagine that your friend receives the mythical car for Christmas, right? You know the car for Christmas, right? They come out on Christmas morning, there's a brand new car in the driveway with a big bow around it, and uh, everyone wishes that would happen to them. I don't know anyone who's actually had that happen, but let's just pretend your friend has had that happen. And so a few days after New Year's, you go over to your friend's house because you want to see this thing, and you want to check it out and go for a ride. So your friend shows you this brand new car, shows you this beautiful interior, fantastic sound system. I mean, the dashboard of this thing looks like a spaceship, and it got wheels and tires. I mean, everything just looks so perfect. And then your friend says, do you want to go for a ride? You say, absolutely. So you jump in the passenger seat expecting that you're going to be zooming down the road in this car. But then something very strange happens. Your friend stands behind the car and begins to slowly push the car down the driveway, into the street, and through the neighborhood. And after a couple minutes of that, you jump out of the car and you said, what in the world are you doing? Why are you pushing the car? And your friend says, well, I know, it's kind of a pain, it's kind of a hassle. I mean, I love this car. It's, it's awesome. But yes, I do have to push it everywhere. And uh, honestly, this, this brand new car is becoming kind of a burden to me. And then you say, well, why don't you put the key in the ignition and turn on the engine? And your friend says, what's an engine? Now, that story may sound absolutely ridiculous to you, but I want to argue this morning that it is a perfect picture of where a lot of Christians are with their Christian lives. Oh, they've received the car, meaning they've been saved. They've received this free gift of salvation and eternal life from God. But then the day-to-day living of that life is more like now they're pushing it down the road slowly under their own power and through their own efforts rather than relying upon the engine that the manufacturer provided with the car. You know what that engine is? It's the power of God inside of you, the Holy Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about that today. The title of our message is this, Abide. God's power in and through you. Now, today we are resuming and continuing our 31 days of prayer emphasis. That's our theme for the month at Crossgate Church. Certainly five messages on Sunday morning about prayer. Uh, We've done one last week. We'll do three more after this Sunday talking about prayer on Sunday mornings, but it's much broader than that. Uh, We launched our Sunday morning house of prayer uh, ministry on Sunday mornings from 8.30 to 9 in our refurbished prayer room. We had a fantastic gathering of prayer warriors this morning from 8.30 to 9. I want to invite you, if your schedule at all permits, uh, to join us next Sunday in our refreshed prayer room right out here next to the elevator. Fantastic opportunity. Of course, we're also continuing our Who's Your One initiative. Uh, that's where we're asking every single person at Crossgate Church to identify one person in their life who doesn't know Jesus. And you begin to pray for that person every single day over the course of this month and all the way up until Easter Sunday on April 9th. You look forward to opportunities to invite them to church, to share your personal testimony of how you were saved with that person, 
uh, perhaps sharing the gospel and inviting them to trust Christ. We're asking you to grab one of the prayer guides on the table out in the mall. If you haven't done so already, write that person's name down of your one in the book. Use that as a guide for praying for them every single day. And write the first name of that person on the banner with a little marker out there right in the mall, just the first name. Write that name down and let the whole church know that there's many, many people uh, being prayed for. Hey, speaking of prayer, let me just point your attention to one other resource that oftentimes goes unnoticed. That's something on our website. Uh, basically, you can submit a prayer request at any time, and many people at Crossgate Church will be praying for you. Go to crossgate.org prayer, and then go down to this little button here that says submit your prayer request. Super easy. So if you want people praying for you about a specific need, take us up on that. Now today, we're going to talk about what we just mentioned, abide God's power in and through you from John chapter 15, one of the most powerful passages in the Bible about living the Christian life. So let's begin reading in John chapter 15, verse 1, in selected verses. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Now today we're going to follow the same track we established last Sunday. Uh, every message in this month uh, talking about prayer is only going to have two main points, uh, principles and practices, okay? Because remember what we said last week, most of the time when we receive sermons and messages and teachings about prayer, we receive some, some good principles and we walk away saying, yeah, I need to pray more. But we generally don't walk away some, with some very practical things to incorporate into our lives uh, whereby prayer would become a greater reality. Where it actually helps us to pray. We, we, we walk away with the conviction, but we don't necessarily walk away with the tools. And so every message, we're going to focus on some principles, but then we're going to also talk about some very practical things related uh, to prayer. So first of all, let me share with you a couple principles straight from John 15. The first one is this. First principle, branches that rely on the vine experience God's power and bear fruit. So here we have in John 15 one of the greatest pictures of the relationship between Jesus and his followers, and that is a vine and a branch. Of course, anyone in the first century would have understood this imagery. I mean, it would have been just instantaneous in their minds. The vine is the life-giving part of the plant. It provides life, it provides vitality, sustainability, and power in everything to the branch. The branch in and of itself is good for nothing. But when it is in the vine and abiding and tied into the vine, it is able to produce fruit and do what the vine is empowering it to do. And of course, fruit, as we see here, is the demonstration that you are a disciple of Jesus. Now, what does the Bible say about fruit? I mean, are there different types of fruit? Are there different emphases when we talk about fruit? Well, yes, there is, okay? As a matter of fact, there's, there's three that I would highlight for you. Uh, one is this, uh, prevailing victory over sin. That's one of the fruits that we produce when we abide in the vine. Let me give you scripture. Okay, Romans 6, verse 22. Now that you have been set free from sin 
and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to holiness and its end, eternal life. If, if you as a Christian, as you as a follower of Jesus, are abiding in Jesus, and that word abide simply means to rely, if you're relying wholeheartedly on Jesus Christ and not trying to do life on your own, there's going to be a prevailing victory over sin in your life. Okay? I didn't say you'd become perfect on this earth. I didn't say that somehow you'd become, become sinless. But I will tell you that you will not get your lunch eaten by the same sin over and over and over and over and over again. Could that be said of you? Some of you guys in here, you battled pornography for so long, you've done everything you know to do. You battled it in your own strength, and yet you just get your, just, just, you get your lunch eaten, boom, over and over and over and over and over again. Maybe there's a, there's a lady in here. There, there's a root of bitterness in your heart over something that happened recently or years ago, and you simply can't throw it off. You, you, you can't somehow put it behind you and move on to better days, more victorious days. It, it just gets you over and over and over and over and over again. And I would tell you, in most cases, if someone is, 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 is facing this unending battle with, with a particular sin, it's because they're trying to do it in their own strength and not abiding in the vine. That's, that's one of the fruits. Here's another fruit. Okay? Increasing godly character. Look at this scripture. Galatians 5, many of you know this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, praise God, the Christian life is not just about what we don't do, amen? I mean, listen, there's some things that God does not want happening in your life. It's called sin, and we don't mind calling sin, sin at Crossgate Church, okay? But the fact is, God has called us to produce some things that he wants us to do to love people, to have compassion and empathy and connecting with people and, and saying, how can I serve you? Being others-centered. But you can't produce that on your own. I don't care who you are. And I don't mind telling you, deep down inside, I'm a pretty snarky person, okay? I mean, I, listen, there are some times I just want to come off the top rope on some people, right? And I mean, just, just get up in their face and tell them what for and tell them why I'm right and they're wrong. That's, that's the, the, the natural Phil Kramer. But when I'm abiding in the vine and, and, and relying on Jesus to live his life in and through me, that's that engine of the car, see. I can love people as Jesus would have me to love them. Now here's one other fruit. Look at this. Okay, Expanding witness for Jesus. Look at this scripture. Romans chapter 1, verse 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. Now, Paul the Apostle desperately wanted to have an expanding witness for Jesus. He ministered over here, he shared Jesus over here, but he said, man, these people over here need Jesus. And he had this expanding, this ever-expanding witness for Jesus. You know, that's one of the fruits that, that follows naturally when you're, when you're truly relying on Jesus and not on yourself. That's why we talk about uh, who's your one. That's why we do neighborhood hangouts. That's why we talk about the ping pong ball challenge and gospel conversations and, and pray and go. And all these things, we keep these things in front of our church on a regular basis because we too at Crossgate Church desire to have an expanding witness for Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you this, it will not happen. And the reason why you struggle to share your faith, the reason why many of you have not yet put a name on that banner out there is because you're still trusting in yourself and you're not truly relying on the vine and receiving that power and that life. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, look at this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses. Now look, none of this can happen if we're pushing the car on our own. It will only happen when we fire up the engine that we received at salvation, and that's the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside of us. I love the quote from J. Oswald Saunders in this classic book, The Pursuit of the Holy. Listen to this. One unique characteristic of Christianity as compared to other religions is that it is the only religion in which the founder claims to live inside the person who believes in him. He claims to influence his followers not from without, but from within. The indwelling of Christ in the believer is one of the most important doctrines of the New Testament. It may sound mystical, but the presence of the living Christ in the believing heart is blessedly real. Just as the sap indwells the branch, producing luscious fruit, so Christ dwells in the depth of the believer's spirit to reproduce his own attractive character. That's the story of the engine in me, and that's a story of the engine in you. Don't you think it's time you fire that thing up and allow the engine to do the work rather than you pushing that car and, 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 and the Christian life somehow being a burden, uh, perhaps, to you? So that's the first principle. Here's the second principle, the flip side. Self-reliant branches can do nothing. You know what nothing is? A zero with the ends knocked off, right? That's what Jesus said. That's not me. That's, that's Jesus, okay? Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, when he says nothing, he's specifically talking about nothing spiritually meaningful and enduring, right? I mean, because, listen, there's tons of things you can do in your own strength. There's tons of things you can do by your own power, but they won't necessarily be endearing and enduring spiritually. Now, here's the sound bite of the day. I want you to get this, write it down, and memorize it. Listen to this. God has called us to produce fruit, not foliage. Okay, let's say it again. In fact, let's just do this. Let's say it together. God has called us to produce fruit, not foliage. All right, now, you know what the difference is, right? Foliage, that's like leaves and decorative flowers and fronds and all these other things. Beautiful. And they even serve a function to a degree, but it's not fruit, right? And, and it's, it's so easy to be, to be caught up in, in, in foliage that, that we produce in our own strength and, and we maintain in our own power rather than rely on the Lord to, to abide in the vine, to rely on the vine and to produce the fruit that demonstrates. Foliage does not demonstrate that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? It's the fruit that demonstrates that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will tell you, one of my biggest struggles, as a matter of fact, when, when, uh, when I was in the process of praying about coming to Crossgate Church and filling out these questionnaires and so forth for the pastor search team, one of the questions was, what's your biggest struggle in life? Spiritual struggle. And I said, that's easy, self-reliance. I, I, I too often default to depending on myself, and, and I'm a master, listen, I'm a master gardener at, at foliage, at, at creating and maintaining and keeping it green, keeping it lush, keeping it good-looking. The foliage, man, the foliage. Because I, I tend to rely on myself. That's, that's where I'm at. And, and, and it looks great, but it's not necessarily fruit. So I have a three-ring binder at my house on my shelf. Uh, I brought it in, show and tell today. I, I generally never take this thing off the shelf. But this is uh, what military veterans called my I Love Me book, okay? 
And it basically, and if you're a veteran, certainly if you're a retiree, you got one of these at the house. This folder contains a copy of every single annual evaluation I received. It contains a certificate for every award I received, a graduation uh, paper for every Army school, every military school I attended. Uh, it's got, I mean, just you name it and, it, and it's in here in terms of the, the, the progression of, of my career. And I will tell you, I'm not tooting my own horn because, because God in heaven knows that everything I've received comes from him. But God was very good to me in my time in the military. Uh, I got promoted before my friends and my peers. I got to go to schools and serve in units that, that most people never even got to go to. Uh, when, when, I, when I announced that I was retiring from the Army, I had some senior leaders say, why are you getting out of the Army? You've got a good shot at making general officer someday. Why don't you stay in? I said, well, God's calling me back to the local church, and that's all there is to it. But I, I still have all this stuff in this book. A lot of people jokingly, as I say, call it the I Love Me book. I call it the Praise the Lord book because John 3, 27 says a man can receive nothing unless it's given him from heaven. So I praise God. But, but all that to say, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to pull this thing off the shelf and just take a little stroll down memory lane. You know, you, we, we, we enjoy doing that from time to time. And I said, I'm just going to flip through this thing for a few minutes and remember some of the stuff. And I, and I said, oh, I remember that. Wow, those were, those were good times. And Oh, man, I remember going to that school. That was hard, but boy, it sure was good to, to finish, you know, and all these things, and, and looking at some of these annual evaluations, and man, this, you know, my colonel really gave me a great write-up that year, and, and, and all this, and it, it was fun for about five minutes. But then I begin to remember that much of what I accomplished in, in the military, I accomplished through my own strength, and not not truly abiding in the vine. You say, Phil, what are you saying? What I'm telling you now, looking back, hindsight's 2020. this book, and I'm not saying God didn't do some wonderful things, and we saw souls saved, and, and, and soldiers baptized, and a lot of other great things, marriages reconciled, but, but I will tell you this, a lot of what this book represents, and I'm embarrassed to say it today, is foliage. Foliage. It looks great. I mean, if anyone was to flip through this, oh, man, look at this. Boy, you really did a lot of cool stuff. Foliage. And God has brought me to a place now in my life where, where he, he, in the last few years, he's, he literally has brought me to the end of myself. That's not to say I'm not working hard and, and, and putting in the effort and everything, but God has brought me to the end of myself where I don't want to go back to a time in my life when, when, when I spent so much time on the foliage and the foliage and the, and the greenery and the leaves and the flowers, I want to pour it all into the fruit. By, 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 by relying on God, relying on the vine and not on myself. Listen to this classic word from one of the greatest books, the Christian books ever written, The Saving Life of Christ by Major Ian Thomas. This is probably, this was 70 years ago that he wrote this book, Timeless. Listen to this. Have you ever come to the place where you realize that all you can produce at best is ashes? Did you ever come to the place where you presented yourself for what you are, nothing, to be filled with what he is, everything, and step out into every new day conscious that the eternal I am is all you need for all his will? The sad thing is that even a Christian may be so impressed with himself and with his own ability that even though he gives lip service to the fact, he may still see no personal relevance in the indwelling presence 
of Christ. I, I believe I shared this with you a few months ago. Not long after I came, came to the end of myself, and I truly said, God, I'm tired of depending on myself. We were up here at Prayer Partner Network right before the sermon during one of the services. I'm kneeling down, surrounded by prayer partners. It just gives me tremendous confidence to preach the word. And I'm kneeling down, and, I, and God told me something. And, and it was one of the most powerful things God has ever told me in my whole life. He said, you have nothing to offer these people except for me in and through you. you you're, the, as the pastor of this church, you've got your degrees, you've got your experiences, you've got this, you've got that, and nah, 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 nah. He said, you have nothing to offer these people except me in and through you. I said, God, is that true? He said, yes. Fact. It's true. Now, someone might hear me say that and say, Boy, it sounds like God really knocked the legs out from under you. That must have been a very sad experience. Folks, nothing could be further from the truth. It was probably the most liberating thing I've ever heard in my whole life. The most liberating thing I've ever heard in my whole life was for God to say, you have nothing to offer these people except my, 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 my spirit in and through you. Let me bring it a little closer to your home. Husbands and wives, you have nothing to offer your marriage except Jesus in and through you. If you're trying in your own efforts to be the husband or the wife of the year, it ain't going to happen. The flesh will eat your lunch every single day. Parents, you have nothing to offer your children except Christ in and through you. Or whatever it is you do in life. Some of y'all are so high on yourselves. Some of you think, oh yeah, I need God and I need Jesus and all, but man, look at me. You have nothing to offer this world. This church has nothing to offer this community apart from Jesus Christ in and through us, abiding in the vine. Because self-reliant branches can do nothing. That's not my word. Take it up with Jesus if you've got a problem with it. That's the second principle. That's two principles. Now, let's talk about the practical stuff for a few minutes, okay? Here's a couple of practices, the first of which is this. Sustained prayer facilitates reliance upon God. Sustained prayer facilitates reliance Upon God. And when I say sustained prayer, okay, what I'm talking about is this an unhurried, uninterrupted, consistent time with God. That is sustained, what I mean by sustained prayer. A, a healthy prayer life that carves out enough time and space where you can actually settle in with the Lord, not a quick boom, 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 and then you're on your way. Right? And, and listen, this is one of the biggest indicators of a self-reliant heart. A shallow or non-existent prayer life in your private life is one of the greatest indicators that you're relying upon yourself and not on God. Why? Well, because if you're not relying on God in prayer, what do you have left? All you got is yourself. I mean, that, that, that's not, that's not going to get you very far. Okay? As a matter of fact, you show me someone who, 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 who does not have a healthy, uninterrupted, unhurried, consistent prayer life with God, I'll show you someone who's, who's probably developing a lot of foliage. Okay, probably they got a lot of foliage in their life, but they may not necessarily have the fruit. So about four years ago, four or five years ago, not long before I came to Crossgate Church, I went down to Houston, and I went to a lead pastor coaching network. It was actually one of the greatest professional development opportunities I've ever had in my life. 
there was only about 10 of us in the room, 10 pastors in the room, and they brought in some of these mentors that are, I mean, pastors of big churches, three, four, five thousand people at the churches, supposed to be the experts on being pastors. And we did hear a lot of good stuff. But I'll never forget one guy who led a church of about 3,000 people, and he, and he was leading a session, and he started regaling us with all of the things going on at his church. I mean, I started getting tired just hearing about all the stuff that they had going on at this church. And then he said, you know, I have a policy. If I'm interviewing anybody to come as a pastor on our staff, I'll tell them up front, if you're not willing to work 65 hours a week every single week and read 52 books a year every week, every year, you're not going to make it here because the train at this church is going 1,000 miles an hour and we're doing all this stuff. I said, ooh, all right. Later in the session, someone asked him this question. They said, tell me about the prayer ministry at your church. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I'm probably not the guy to talk about prayer. And in my heart, right then, I said, here's a man who's leading a church that probably is producing a lot of foliage, but is probably not producing as much fruit as they think they are. Because they're so busy doing, they probably don't even have time to be with the Lord in prayer. And you know, the, David Butts, great book, watch this quote, listen to this, Forgotten Power. I, I would highly encourage you to get this, very thin book, great book. Perhaps the most obvious danger of prayerlessness is the lack of real power in the church today. A church without a comprehensive, meaningful prayer strategy is simply operating a religious treadmill. You ever been in a church like that before? You just feel like you're operating a religious treadmill? I'll tell you, I don't want that to be said of Crossgate Church. Amen? I want to be a church that is pressing in, abiding in the vine, comprehensively calling its people to prayer, to be a praying church, because I don't want to be on that religious treadmill. And by the way, the principle that can apply to a church can equally apply to an individual's life. Did you know that? My utmost for his highest, many of you know that book, Oswald Chambers listened to this quote, every element of our self-reliance must be put to death by the power of God through sustained prayer. Did you hear that? Every element of our self-reliance must be put to death by the power of God through sustained prayer. So that's the first thing. Sustained prayer, that's where it's at, that, that brings you to that place of reliance upon God. Here's, here's the second practical thing. Seeking God's face is more important than seeking God's hand. Seeking God's face is more important than seeking God's hand. There's two metaphors in the Bible for seeking God. One is to seek God's face. The other is to seek God's hand. Seeking God's face is about seeking God for who he is. Seeking God's hand is seeking God for what he can do. Nothing wrong with that, but the Bible clearly says that seeking God's face is more important. Let me give you a scripture. Psalm 27, verses 8 and 9. You have said, seek my face, my heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. A couple things to think about when it comes to seeking God's face. First of all, you have to be still. You, you cannot seek God's face if all this noise and all this movement and, 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 and lightning and all these things are, are just chaotically erupting around you. you you've got to be still. Uh, Psalm 46.10, look at this. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. I, I, I heard this a year and a half, two years ago from Robbie Gallaty. I've shared with you a few times, probably still one of the most powerful spiritual illustrations I've ever heard. 
He said, if you take a, a clear glass mason jar, you dip it down into the river, in our case, Washita River or, or one of these creeks around here or something, you, you pull it up, and all that water will be swirling around, and there's sediment and silt and, and just all kinds of stuff swirling around, chaotic, you can't even see through the glass. But if you set that, that glass on a table, probably within about 10 minutes, much if not most or all of that stuff will begin to settle down. And, and, and the clarity through which you can see, through that water and through that glass, will be amazing. What was once, just a few minutes earlier, this, this chaotic, swirling uh, concoction is, is, is now clear water through which you can see things. Right? That, that's, what, that's what being still with the Lord does for you. Uh, in our house of prayer uh, this morning, and really every Sunday morning, uh, we, we gather, we, uh, we basically have, have some time of silent prayer for 10 minutes or more. Uh, no one's praying out loud, no one's praying with other people. We're just, it's a time to be silent with the Lord. We have our little prayer music playing, and, and we just, we, we're just silent with the Lord. I, I will tell you, folks, I didn't say this to the 930 service, but when I got to this campus this morning at about 745 or so, I, my head was just going whoosh, shoo, 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 shoo. Just stuff I had on my mind, stuff from the house, stuff going on later today. And I just, I said, God, I, I, I've got to settle down. There's no way that I can step into that worship center like this. And I stepped into that house of prayer. And I would say in about 12 minutes, all of that stuff had just settled to the bottom of the jar. I said, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's, that's why you've got to have an uninterrupted Un, un, unhindered, unhurried time with God, right? to, to be still with the Lord. Here, here's another thing, okay? Focus on who God is. Remember what I said? Seeking his face is all about who God is. Take time to focus on who God is. Hebrews eleven six. 6, watch this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And we'll leave that up there for just a moment. Now, most translations will either say, you must believe that he exists, or King James, New King James, would say, must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So the emphasis here, in a sense, on the surface, is this mental agreement that God exists. Right? I think everybody in this room probably agrees that God exists. But to seek his face takes more than just a mental agreement that God exists. It's, it's a focus on who God is. And honestly, I think in context, the emphasis here is to say, first of all, you must seek who God is and understand that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Focusing on who God is, rather than going quickly to talk about what God can do specifically for you or for someone else. By the way, Psalm 63, 1 this is a great one to memorize. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. The, Im the implication is his face. My soul longs for you, for who you are. My body thirsts for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Focus on who God is and also focus on being with God. Okay? The, the third thing is this. Focus on being with God. Now, there are three basic uh, dimensions to how we interact with God through prayer. The most basic, of course, is talking to God, right? I mean, 99% of the time, if someone says, hey, we're going to have a time of prayer, they envision people talking to God, right? And that's a totally legitimate way to interact with God. 
The second dimension is hearing from God or listening to God. Sometimes you just need to get quiet and, and listen for God to speak and say something to you. But the third dimension, which may be the simplest, but also the, the, the most elusive for many people, is this, being with God. So now you're not talking to God, and you're not even necessarily listening to hear from Him. You're just, God, I just want to be in your presence. I, just, I want to be in your presence unhindered, uninterrupted, unhurried. I just want to be with you. That, by the way, that, that's why we, we specifically wanted to do the song, Nothing Else, uh, it, earlier in the service. One of the best songs we do at Crossgate. We've got a lot of good ones, but that's probably one of the best. Let me remind you of the lyrics. Caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Now watch this. I'm not here for blessings, Jesus. You don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Perfect example of the difference between seeking God's hand and seeking God's face. There's there's this desire to be with God. And and, and when, when we bring ourselves and God brings us to that place, that's when you experience this, this, this power of abiding in the vine, of, of being and allowing him to do in and through you. Hey, here's the last thing. Okay? The last practical thing is this. Praying in the Spirit aligns with God's glory and purpose. Praying in the Spirit aligns with God's glory and purpose. Now, I shared with you last Sunday that God answers prayer. Isn't that right? Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. There's no such thing in the Bible as an unanswered prayer. Of course, God answers in one of three ways. Yes, no, or wait. Okay, but, but here's the key thing. What we're talking about here, and what I believe Jesus is talking about in John 15, is what Paul refers to as praying in the Spirit. That's Ephesians 6, 18. Okay, praying in the Spirit. Why do you say that? Watch this. Let's go back to verses 7 and 8 from our, from our initial passage. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And we'll leave that up there for just a moment. Now watch this. This is where everybody wants to sign on. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How did you get to that point, Phil? Tell me more, man. I want to know more about that. Here's how that happens. When we are abiding in the vine, when when we have come to the end of ourselves and and, and we are so relying on on Jesus Christ and in and through us, the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us, we, we do one of two things. We either pray intuitively in accordance with God's will or we simply say in, in prayer, God, whatever you want for me, I'm good with that. Even before you tell me. Whatever you want for me, God. See, we, the prayer that, that God answers is the prayer ultimately that aligns with his glory and his purpose. We said that last week. We see it again in John 15. The, pr- the prayers that we want to pray that, that God ultimately answers are, are, the, are the ones that are prayed in alignment with his glory and, and his purpose. And when those prayers become part of your life, say, God, have your way. I'm just the branch. You're the vine. Which, by the way, is the secret behind one of the great verses in the Bible, Psalm 34, 7. Watch this. Last verse. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. You know, I heard people quote this all the time, and the way they quote it usually goes like this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you know what the emphasis is in the Bible? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, abiding in the vine and delighting yourself in the Lord is pretty much the same thing. And when we come to the place, look, I got it. Every single person here has pressing prayer needs. There are pressing needs that you have. You need a job. Your child is walking away from God. You need healing physically, or maybe a loved one is, is, is suffering from a debilitating disease. They need healing. And, and there's a time and a place to come to God and, and lay those before the Lord and cry out and say, God, I need a solution. But there's also incredible power when in spite of the fact that you've got all this going on, you come to Jesus and you simply say, Jesus, right now I don't want anything from you. I just want to be with you, Jesus. I just need to be with you, Lord. We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer at crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.